Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. I'm your host, Anna Lindbergh Cedar, and today we're going to have a rebroadcast of an episode on relationship skills to outlast a pandemic or any crisis. So today we're going to go back to an episode that I originally released in April when we were all adjusting to the worldwide pandemic and sheltering in place to contain the spread of COVID. And here we are, depending on where you are in the world, 9, 12 months into trying to contain COVID. And as we continue those efforts, we notice the effects of isolation and quarantine, and we, we notice the effects on our relationships. So today, to help your endurance in these difficult times, we are going to review what the research says about relationship skills to help us outlast any crisis and how to create good connection and healthy communication and reduce conflict during stressful times. So hopefully our relationships, whether they're romantic relationships, work relationships, friendships, family, hopefully these relationships are sources of support that we can turn to for connection in difficult times. Of course, with any self-care or relationship strategy you have to ensure that you are in a safe place before you dive into new communication strategies so this is a good time to remember this is of course not therapy this is where we learn from relationship research and think about how to adapt these skills for self-care but if you do not feel safe in your relationships please check out research um, or resources from thehotline.org or domestic violence services in your area to get personalized advice. Um, But if you are in a place where you are in a relationship where you have good feedback, good communication, and you're open to trying something new, this episode is a good place for you to get started and start thinking about how to adapt these skills for you and building stronger relationships. So let's dive into the show and pick up where we left off the last time we talked about relationship skills to outlast a crisis. Thanks for listening. or the people that you uh, choose to live with or have in your life, you can get a little stir crazy or cabin fever or stressed out or reach your limit or overwhelmed. Even in the absence of a global pandemic, our stress interferes with our ability to relate well to others, which is why we're going to talk about what to do about that today and learn about some relationship skills that can help you whether you are dealing with a global pandemic or just a hard day at work. 
So the research that we're going to pull from to help us here comes from the Gottman method for couples counseling. And the Gottman method was developed by John and Julie Gottman, who are two psychologists in the field who've been working on couples research for many decades now. And they are the go-to relationship experts because they have done such rigorous research that it is said that John Gottman can actually predict um, by watching a couple fight for about 10 minutes within 95% accuracy whether or not that couple will be divorced within 10 years. So John and Julie Gottman have accumulated so much research that they really know what they're talking about. And as part of their research, they interviewed couples who had been together not only for a very long time, but they also say happily so. And what John and Julie Gottman did was they asked those couples, what are the best relationship skills that you have come up with to help you have such a satisfying marriage? And they wrote those suggestions down and then they researched them over many decades and found that they should have listened to those couples in the first place because they knew exactly what they were talking about. So John and Julie Gottman sorted through all the research and found a set of predictable behaviors and skills that couples can do to help them thrive or not do and that actually predicts what the Gottmans call relationship demise. Let's look at those factors a little bit more closely. John and Julie Gottman have offered us a lot of really helpful guidance here because they have boiled down the research into two sets of skills. One is predictive of relationship masters, and the other set of behaviors are associated with relationship disasters. So let's look at each. John and Julie Gottman describe something they call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They say that there are four behaviors that we want to pay extra attention to and look out for because these do not bode well for a relationship. I'm going to describe them to you now and I want you to think about each one and your experience uh, with some of those um, bad behaviors that we can see in relationships. So if you want to follow along you might actually look up there is a handout that goes along with this. You can find if you Google for a PDF of a Gottman handout, it's called The Four Horsemen and How to Stop Them with Their Antidotes. The Gottmans have laid this out really clearly for us on a handout, so you might see that if you look for it. On the left-hand side of this handout are those four predictors of relationship demise. And on the other half of that handout, you'll see the antidotes to each one of these. So we'll talk about those in a moment. The four predictors of relationship demise are as follows. Number one, criticism, which is verbally attacking someone's personality or character. This is a real 
problem when it comes to relationships. Now, the Gottmans say it's okay to make a complaint. In healthy relationships, they say you are allowed to say something like, honey, could you take out the garbage? Or, um, you know, please get this at the store for me. You are allowed to make requests and even say when something is making you unhappy. The difference between making a complaint and a criticism is that you are you are personally attacking someone's character. So you're saying, not only do we have a problem here, but in fact, the problem is you. And it's a real finger-pointing kind of behavior, which, of course, you can imagine doesn't make anyone feel good. Um, this is where name-calling um, could come into play or accusations. If you are hearing yourself make a lot of you statements, you're always this, you're always that, you never do this, you never do that, you are probably getting close to criticism. Number two in the four horsemen of the apocalypse, according to the Gottmans, in terms of relationship destroyers, is contempt. Contempt is attacking someone's sense of self with the intent to insult or abuse them. So there's an element of, um, I'm better than you and I'm going to make you feel worse. And contempt is the number one predictor of divorce. So how you might see contempt, you might, you might see it with eye rolling, you might hear it um, in someone's tone as they say something like, anyone should know, um, implying that someone um, should have known something that they didn't know. Um, and smirking could also be a sign of contempt. So we can see contempt visually, and you can also hear the way someone talks to another person. Number three in terms of predictors of relationship demise is defensiveness. Defensiveness is saying, it's not me, it's you. It's blaming the other person to fend off a perceived attack or complaint. And basically what you're doing is you're reversing the blame on the other person. So you can't even take in what they're saying or hear their feedback um, at all. And that is a bad sign. Number four is stonewalling. Stonewalling is withdrawing from a conflict and maybe along the way showing disapproval, distance, separation. Another way of calling this is giving someone the cold shoulder. You're not just gently exiting and saying, excuse me, I'll be back in a little while. Uh, no, you're kind of stomping off or slamming the door or um, the resulting effect for the other person is they might feel iced out or even abandoned. And when I've talked to people who have the problem that they, that when conflict arises, they tend to stonewall, oftentimes what they'll tell me is they're trying as hard as they can not to do something worse, like punch a wall or say something they'd regret, and they just don't even know how to handle that moment, and so they get overwhelmed. We call that feeling flooded. And if you took your, your, um, 
beats per minute in terms of your pulse, probably you'd be above 100 beats per minute in a moment of stonewalling because you are physiologically overwhelmed. Your heart is racing. So no wonder it's hard for you to choose your words carefully. Uh, but the result of that is that you en end up with a partner who feels uh, abandoned, which doesn't feel great. It can feel very lonely. So if you're listening to that and recognizing any of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, just know you're not alone. These are the most common relationship struggles that people face. And this is what gets in the way of us having really good conversations with each other to brainstorm solutions that are going to work. Now we know what behaviors to look out for and avoid in order to make our relationship as healthy as possible. We also know it's really hard to not do something and just avoid it and that it's much easier to practice doing something instead. So the Gottmans really help us out there because they give us guidance on the antidotes to the four horsemen of the apocalypse, what they call the four predictors of relationship demise. So each one that we just talked about has a gentle antidote that comes along with it. Let's break it down. Remember how before we said that criticism, verbally attacking another person's character or personality uh, re re predicted relationship demise? Well, what should we do instead? The Gottmans call this a gentle startup. Now, what that means is that, remember, you're allowed to make a complaint about something that could be better or you'd like to see change, but the Gottmans explain that you will be most successful if you're able to do that using an I statement and expressing a positive need. So the way I think about this, it's kind of like, if you stumble upon a hole in the ground and you want to point it out to your partner, you might be tempted to say, hey, honey, there's a big gaping hole in our backyard and I'm uh, worried we'll trip on it and everything um, is going wrong and it's so ugly. If you were using this gentle startup skill, rather than pointing out all the things that are terribly wrong with that uh, hole in your backyard, what you would do, you might say something like, hey honey, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can fill in that, that hole in our backyard so that we can plant a new garden. I'd, in fact, I'd love to see cherry blossoms and a birdhouse and maybe some uh, chairs that we can sit on, you would describe the whole scene actually of what you would like to see. Gentle startup helps you do that. And you might want to start by first asking the person that you're talking to whether or not this is a good time. Turns out that's a big part of getting one of your needs met is, is helping to ensure that when you make your request, the other person can hear you. So you might ask them, hey, I have something to talk to you about. Do you have a few minutes now? Or would it be better if we check in 
later. And when you have their attention, you would, you would make your request using I statements to talk about your experience. Remember with criticism, you hear oftentimes hear people remarking more about the other person. You do this, you do that, and it's such a problem. And so you would rephrase that and you would say, I really need some support with um, taking the garbage out. And I would really love it if you could help me with that. Would you mind? Great. Gentle Startup will help you get a good conversation going. The second skill that the Gottmans teach us helps a good relationship last. This is called building a culture of appreciation. And the skill here is reminding yourself of your partner's positive qualities and finding gratitude in that, finding appreciation for all the positive things that they do for you. And after all that research that the Gottmans went through to figure out what predicts those long-lasting, happy relationships, they found the healthiest ratio was five to one. Five positive expressions of appreciation to any one complaint. So those, that culture of appreciation could look like please and thank you, or it could look like a loving glance into the other person's eyes, um, an inside joke, sharing a sense of humor, and really savoring those positive qualities in your partner, drinking them up and just enjoying them. Actually, as part of this, the Gottmans have a skill called the principle of similarity. And they encourage us to keep in mind that if you're in a disagreement or in a conflict or an argument, you're going to be tempted to make a list of that person's worst attributes. And in fact, it's going to make you feel more upset and overwhelmed. And it might even just fuel you a little bit further into the fight. And what the Gottmans say can help regulate your mood in that moment, and is definitely a good relationship skill, is if you're thinking about your partner's worst qualities well, take a moment and ask yourself, have you ever done those very same things that you're accusing the other person of? Maybe not in the exact same way or the same degree or in this moment, but can you just on a human level relate to that? that behavior or mistake or action and it brings you a little bit closer and understanding and part of this principle too is if you're going around telling yourself gosh my partner does this and that and um, is it good for nothing and I'm so great because I'm the only one who cleans up around here that can be um, part of a feeling of overwhelm too is that feeling of superiority so to, to relax that stress response, the Gottmans encourage us to um, really appreciate, okay, that thing that you think you're so good at, has your partner ever done that for you? Can you express any appreciation, um, you know, even if it's just to yourself, to be aware of your partner's positive qualities? That will improve the likelihood of your relationship success. The next relationship skill is called taking responsibility 
or another way of describing it is accepting your partner's influence. This skill is really important for building bonding and connection for couples. Remember when we talked about the four predictors of relationship demise and I mentioned that defensiveness is one of the, the strongest predictors of relationship failure. This is the antidote to that. Taking responsibility or accepting your partner's viewpoint is what is going to bring the two of you together. This skill could also be called two heads are better than one. Because when you're in a stressful situation, the temptation is to fall into the stress response and see things from a really black and white way. You might be, um, you know, feel farther apart from your partner in moments like these. And you also might really want to get your point across. So you might be blinded by the fact that you really have something that you're trying to communicate. And actually, that can make it really hard to get your point across because when you have two speakers and no one listening, it can start to feel like a competition for space and airtime. So the skill here is to really let your partner know that you do hear them. You can hear what they're saying, which of course is going to help them hear you. And I want to be clear when we describe the skill of taking responsibility or accepting your partner's influence, we're not necessarily saying that you have to agree with everything your partner is saying. It's really important in these moments to be able to join your partner and see where they're coming from. That's the skill here. So the words that might go along with this skill might sound something like, wow, you really, you really have a point there. I hadn't thought about it that way. Or, hmm, when you put it that way, it really makes me think about it in a new light. Or, you know what you're saying? I'm having a reaction to it, and I might need a little time to think that through. Can I get back to you on that? All of those are gentle ways of letting the other person know, I hear you, you have something valuable to say. This seems really important to you, and I'm gonna take it under consideration. You didn't hear me say, of course, of course, I'm gonna do it exactly the way that you would like, or I'm gonna bend over backwards and give up the things that are very important to me. I didn't say those things. Instead, I took care to let the other person know that while I, I take my time to make an informed decision, I will include them in that process. So taking responsibility or accepting your partner's influence is going to help you not only make good decisions because you'll have more information, but it'll help make sure that no one is left out of the process. A lot of times that's even more important than the final decision that we end up making. You know, whether you go uh, here or there on the next family vacation or who takes the garbage out uh, sometimes is actually beside the point completely but the quality of that conversation that you had to get there uh, is what leaves the most lasting impression it's kind of like that old saying that you'll sometimes hear people say I don't remember what they said 
but I remember how they made me feel, this is that skill. It's making your partner feel heard and understood. The last of our four essential relationship skills to help you outlast a crisis or any stressful situation is physiological self-soothing. These are basic relaxation skills that are going to help you keep your cool in a moment of anger or frustration. This is important because when we are upset with our partner, our friend, our boss at work, it triggers our body's most basic survival reflex. This is the body's fight or flight reflex. So before we were talking about how one of the predictors of relationship demise is stonewalling. That's icing your loved one out when you are frustrated. And you might be trying to keep your cool and not say something that you would regret. But in the meantime, you you leave that person feeling really iced out. So the skill here, when you get upset and you're tempted to say something that you would regret, is to cool down. It is to give yourself enough space to collect your thoughts so that you can say what you mean, so that you can be effective. Now the Gottmans have researched this a lot of different ways and they found that you are most effective at regulating your mood if you give yourself at least 20 minutes to soothe the body physically. And that could be taking a run, uh, could be taking a hot shower, It could be playing Sudoku in the corner for 20 minutes. As long as you're not actively thinking and steaming about how upsetting whatever it is uh, that your partner did um, and and how wrong it is. You don't want to be churning over those same angry thoughts over and over again. So the skill here is to give yourself a break, not problem solve, Um, while you're this upset, not talk to the person, but to gently remove yourself from that stressful situation. Um, And the way you do this is important. So rather than storming off, it makes a big difference to be able to just say something like, you know what, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed here. Let me catch my breath. I'm going to walk around the block and come back later. Or, you know what, I'm upset. I don't know what to say about this. Um but this is important to me. So let's come back when we can both talk about it. And you know what, you might even need to rehearse saying something like that so that you have access to those words in a moment of upset. That is probably gonna be really hard for you to do. So it's definitely going to help you to have a plan in place and I would encourage you to think about that now when you're upset What is something that you could do to rapidly cool yourself down? And the Therapy for Real Life podcast has plenty of other podcast episodes that you could listen to in a moment of upset to help you cool down. You might want to go back to the episode called What to Do in a Crisis plus Bio Mood Hacks. 
and that's when I walk you through really simple things that you can do to calm yourself down in a moment of upset. And the Gottmans found that if you do get upset and you need to take a break to calm yourself down, that the best strategy is actually to uh, come back within 24 hours. They call that skill recovering from a regrettable incident and actually coming back within that 24-hour period and then trying to have the conversation you wish you could have had from the beginning. You go ahead and give yourself a little do-over after you've cooled down um, and just start all over again. I've actually practiced that skill myself. I've done it the wrong way and then I've said, hey, hey, you know what? I think we got uh, started on the wrong foot. Can we try that again? Can we start over? And um, and it has been great. It's given me um, a lot of alternatives and given me the time to think about my words more carefully. So I suggest that you try doing the same and, and see what kind of response you get when you take the time to cool yourself down and come back. Let's summarize the Gottman skills that we just learned. We learned that there are four predictors of relationship failure and four predictors of relationship success. So we just covered a lot of research. That means that you have a lot of practice ahead of you. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse that predict relationship demise are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And now you have four antidotes at your disposal to continue to practice. Those are gentle startup, building a culture of appreciation, taking responsibility or accepting influence, and soothing your body in a moment of stress so that you can come back to a difficult conversation. Now I'm gonna give you some ways to practice this at home. Since we're all, for the most part, sheltering in place, um, or if you're listening to the pod, this podcast when you finally get to go back uh, to work and out in the world, I'm, I'm happy that you will have more ways to practice this. I'm going to give you a bunch of ideas to help you. Uh, the first one is a really fun one that you can do with your partner or alone, and the rest are things that you can do hands-on um, at home to really bring these skills to life. So the first one is a TV recommendation. I recently watched the entire series that came out last year from Showtime called Couples Therapy. There's another series by the same title from a while back. Um, that's not this one. This is from Showtime, Couples Therapy. And it's a real couples therapist who does uh, weekly sessions with four different couples. And the practice will be for you now that you've, you know the four predictors of relationship demise and relationship success would be to play a little bit of couples bingo. If you're able to stream this show, a lot of people can get it for free with an eight-day trial through... Uh, showtime and binge it pretty quickly because they're um, just short episodes but you could play relationship bingo 
by watching these couples, they have difficult conversations in therapy and see if you can notice for yourself which couples are practicing those relationship buffers and supports and which ones are displaying pretty good examples of those behaviors that we see in relationship failure. So that could be a fun way for you to practice with your partner. I love that um, series actually because it, it shows what um, couples actually look like and sound like in couples therapy. So it's a good way actually to see what that process looks like. So that's one way to practice these Gottman skills is to try to observe other couples who are uh, either models of success or models of behaviors that you yourself want to avoid. Now I'm going to give you four more ways to practice these, these skills at home. One for each of those relationship antidotes that we talked about. So for gentle startup, I want you and your partner or whoever you're practicing these skills with to schedule could be daily, could be weekly, you're going to pick the rhythm, but some kind of regular check-in. And you might call this a cuddle huddle. And the reason we call it a cuddle huddle, I actually borrow that term from um, someone who used to use it in a medical environment. They do cuddle huddles in the morning. And it was their way to try to avoid medical mistakes, but it was also their way of just checking in with each other to see how everyone is doing. So you and your partner could do a daily check-in, and that's gonna help you with gentle startups because sometimes it's easier to give feedback if you just know it should be expected, then it's not as scary when you have to do it. And what you might do during these check-ins is just share What's the highlight and the low light either of your day or if you're actively working on your relationship you could say the highlight and the low light of uh, relationship skills that day just to give yourself a little bit of support for areas that you're either succeeding in or asking for more support in so there's your gentle startup check-in for building a culture of appreciation here's some really fun homework you can do these each one at a time if you like so that you're not overwhelmed. For this one, you would each try to do something nice for the other without telling each other what it is. So here you are if you're stuck in doors together, you're sheltering in place, see if you can do a little nice surprise for the other person without telling them what it is. And then next time you have one of those check-ins, See if you can guess. Sometimes this is a lot of fun because we might accidentally notice some positive things that the other person was doing for us, trying to figure out which one it is. Sometimes we might accidentally recognize all the positive things that, that our partner or our loved ones do for us. So see if you can find that, play a little game with this, and uh, you might be surprised sometimes when you notice all the unexpected positives and just see how that feels in your relationship when you have that positive perspective. The next idea is along those lines of accepting your partner's influence. So this is where you would practice the skill by planning a date night. Each of you would take a turn and 
the task would be to do it your partner's way. Each of you would plan one date night where you would share with the other person what makes you happy, what makes you excited, what floats your boat, and you would just plan a whole evening to share that with your partner. And then the skill and the practice here is if your partner is planning a date night for you, you just just revel in it and and imbibe it and take it in and appreciate your partner for their their gift whether they plan a meal or pick a movie or rub your feet or um, ask you to rub theirs just um, go ahead and give it a try and see see if it feels good uh, a lot of times that gives couples new flexibility to just lean in and try it try it a new way see what you learn from that the next uh, practice exercise for you is back to that that simple self-care when you soothe your body in a moment of stress so I already gave you a little bit of individual on, homework on that because I want you to think about what's going to work for you with your self-care in a moment of stress and that could be walk around the block it could be dance it out in your room for 20 minutes, whatever. And now the relationship skill here is to plan that out with your partner, to share that plan with them so that when it's, when it's a hot and spicy moment and, and you're having a hard time accessing that plan, you can share that with your partner. So the way that I've done this for myself, the way I've set it up with my loved ones, I've borrowed this from someone who taught it to me, is I use um, little code words uh, from the stoplight, red, yellow, or green. And when I walk into the room, if I am stressed out and I really can't handle anything else, I might say to that loved one, I might say, you know what, I'm in the red zone right now. Can we talk about this later? And what the red zone really means to me, because I've explained it to them, is I'm overwhelmed, I'm tired, I can't think straight, I kind of need a snack, please don't ask me to do complicated math, um, and I need a rest, really. Yellow light is, uh, okay, I'm a little tired, maybe even a little bit annoyed, but I can handle it, right? I can roll with it. Green light is, woof, uh, top of the morning to you. I'm happy, I've got lots of bandwidth, how can I help, right? So if couples have these little code words that they can use with each other, you can make up whatever language works for you. What it allows you to do is to communicate quickly in a moment of stress about what your needs are. Now, it took me a while to come up with those code words and I had to learn by trial, trial and error what works and what didn't. So the reason I know that about myself is I've, I've learned what I need in a moment of stress. So take all that learning that you have for yourself and share it with your partner. Share with them what you could do for yourself in a moment of stress, how they could support you in that and make that skill more accessible. And we're keeping in mind that all of this practice, all of this caretaking is with the intention of buffering and protecting that relationship to make it hearty and strong, hopefully strong enough to last through a global health pandemic, but also to help you just get through 
any old day of the week, whether it's the day you take out the garbage or just want to get along uh, in your shared space. And today we talked a lot about partnership skills and, and sharing a home together. But these Gottman relationship skills are really flexible. So that is your invitation to practice these skills and try them out perhaps with a few different people and see what happens when you forget to pay attention and see if any of those predictors of relationship demise just come out on accident. And then try it intentionally and see what happens, what kind of response you get when you infuse your relationship with those four relationship protectors and buffers. Gentle startup, build a culture of appreciation, take responsibility and accept influence, and physiologically self-soothe yourself along the way to help you stay effective. Thank you so much for listening. Please know that you're in my thoughts and I'm wishing you really good self-care, really good relationship care during this time. I'm glad you're tuning in and I wish you really good self-care. also offers workplace workshops to help your team buffer against the stresses of daily life. Therapy Through Life is known for the Burnout Prevention Hackathon, which teaches your team self-care strategies that are backed by research to help you interrupt burnout and promote self-care. Now that work has moved primarily to virtual and work from home, Therapy for Real Life has adapted the Burnout Prevention Hackathon for the online community. Get in touch to discuss your interest in stress management, burnout prevention, relationship building, and other self-care workshops and how to adapt these trainings for your team's needs. 